You are now entering what can only be described as a true free speech zone where nothing is off limits and there is absolutely no censorship. Welcome to Open Mic with Boog Brand. Good evening, everybody. We are not live tonight. Tonight we have Yehuda Remmer, and to accommodate his glorious schedule, we're recording this Wednesday evening. Um, we're going to premiere this episode Friday night. This is going to be the first time we've actually done this. So I'm probably going to be in the chat. We're not going to see, you know, all the live mistakes probably. But at the same time, I'll just let you know we made one already. So the audio's cut, and I'm going to cut that portion out this time. So we're keeping our 50-50 going. Um uh, for little little inside baseball, Yehuda. Um, so far, this is you are my seventh episode, and every other episode so far, I've started the show by not clicking the audio. So, I go in, do the intro, introduce everybody, and try it again in a second. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be the guinea pig here for the uh, premiere show. So, yeah, I think it'll do do well. I you know it's it's a little different without the live chat, but that's all right. I you know I'll spend my time in the premiere and and chat with everybody that way. Kind of just want to get into it with you, Yehuda. Um, what you know, I've been following you for a little while. Obviously on the Instagram, you're the Pew Pew Jew. Um, I have that up on the screen now. Uh, also your website yehudareamer dot com. I think the Pew Pew Jew dot com actually also comes to you as well. Yeah, that's that's my, my my main page right now, the pewpewju.com. Okay. Um, is what I started when, which seems like a, a eternity ago, but the udareamer.com was my pre-pewpewju page. So I actually might be getting rid of that one because my main focus is, you know, the pewpewju, so. All right. Sounds good. Um Definitely um, didn't know that, but uh, I do now. So disregard the, the, the website tag actually right above Yehuda's name here. Uh, I'll maybe fix that in post, but it says the yehudareamer.com. Um, it's actually where I found you originally. So, um, you know, kids and all that stuff being very centered around my life. Um, one, I have two kids, and plus, I mean, I've got plenty of family. I think I'm one of 26 cousins, all basically around the same age. So, <laughs> very, very conservative family-ish. You know, we got a lot of hunters. So, um, it's always been interesting to try and teach gun safety. And one of the things that you're obviously known for is your gun safety books for children, which is, you know, I think... One of the first ones that I was turned on to is Safety On, uh, which you've also now adapted to a coloring book, which is definitely interesting. Um, so how how did Yehuda get into children's books? Wow. Uh, I love that question because um, I get to bag on my parents. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so I got into children's books because when after I bought my first gun, um, I was already married. I had like a three-year-old and an infant, and I bought my first gun. I was married out of the house with the two kids, and one night we were by my parents. And, and mind you and all your listeners, I grew up in Los Angeles, right? 
don't hold it against me. I've been, a te- <laughs> I've been an adopted Texan for six years now, but I lived in LA for 30 years and I was by my parents' house one Friday night, uh, sorry, one Wednesday night. And my younger brother was like, Hey man, so when can we go shoot your Glock? And I don't know if you've ever watched Chernobyl, but my parents' meltdown was not even, you can't even compare. I mean, my parents had just an absolute meltdown. They didn't speak to me for a while. Um, you know, I was, they called me irresponsible. They called me selfish that I would bring a firearm into the home. And it kind of got me thinking, right? Like, how am I being irresponsible? I'm taking my life in my hands. I'm taking my family, my, my, you know, my wife, my kids' lives in my hands to ensure that they're safe. So, but you know, it started also got the wheels turning, like how do I educate my children on firearm safety? Obviously you don't Mm -hmm. want them, you know, uneducated when it comes to seeing a firearm. So of course, everyone's first place they always go to is the NRA website. And I found the Eddie Eagle program, which was a great, is a great program. Um, My only criticism of the Eddie Eagle program is it doesn't go far enough. It only talks about what to do if you find a gun somewhere it's not supposed to be when we all know there's so much more to gun safety than just that. Right. So I went, I went to Amazon. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go buy my kids a book and I will, uh, you know, get them a book that I can read gun safety to them. And I start scouring Amazon. I mean, we're talking about everywhere and I'm blown away that there is no books on firearm safety specifically written for children. You know, guns have been around for 400 years, maybe even longer, no books. And um, I was like, man, what do I do? So I've always been interested in writing, um, especially creative writing. At the time, like we mentioned a second ago, at the time I was writing for Ben Shapiro. So uh, at his old website before Daily Wire. And I just always loved writing. So I was like, okay, I'm going to write a children's book on gun safety. And I, I literally whipped out my iPhone and on the notes app, I'm like, you know, plugging away. And 20 minutes later, I have a book and I sent it to a buddy of mine who's in the uh, LAPD and uh, we call him Officer Dave because he has another business and he's still in LA. So he doesn't want his business being destroyed. Um, I, I yeah, right. That. So Officer Dave, I emailed it, I texted, literally texted him the manuscript of the book, and he called me back like 20 minutes later, and he's like, dude, I'm going to send you constructive criticism, you have good ideas, but you need to work on them, I'm going I'm to send you the proper verbiage, the proper lingo when it comes to firearms, you know, the four cardinal rules, I dabbled in it, I was a gun owner, but I was... An absolute novice and I sent him like two paragraphs and he sent me back like like a freaking encyclopedia mm-hmm. and I you know I rewrote it and I kept sending it back and forth to him for about two three months and when we got it down uh, I sent it to a buddy of mine who is an editor he edited the book for me and um, it took me five years to get the book published but after a lot of painstaking blood,
split into a, a published author. So that's how I kind of fell into children's books for uh, on firearm safety. That's awesome. I mean, that's that's definitely a different story than I was imagining. You know, you, you set out for, it, but you know, that's that's great. You found something that there was something missing, and you went 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 after it. So I commend you for that. There's a lot of people who just go, ah, yeah, nothing there, run away. So now you've yeah. got you've got the the obviously the first book that you put out. Um, the safety, right? The safety, safety on the book, and then, and then I immediately, within three months of that being published, I converted the book to a coloring book. So it's the exact same book with text and everything, just coloring book format. And I did that because kids are incredibly visual; mm-hmm. they they learn better at a younger age by visualizing uh, themes. Right. So what better way to instill the messages of firearms education and firearm safety in a child's mind by allowing them to actually internalize it by creating the story themselves. So all, like I said, the text is on each page. Um, it's identical book except coloring book format. That's cool. That's definitely cool. I know my kids love their coloring books, and that's definitely one thing that they they pick up everything from those. So then, uh, you know, from there, um, I mean, obviously you've got you've also got ABC ABCs of guns. Um, yep. As well as twenty seven words, those kind of geared toward the children, and I say geared toward the children because. I mean, I honestly I think safety on, and and if you can get somebody to not be so upset about it, ABCs of guns is actually really it's a good they're good starting points for pretty much everybody. Yeah. If you've got nothing, it's a great place to start, and it's it may seem reductive, but it's easy to process, and it's it's not just in one ear out the other by somebody who knows way more. It's kind of brought down to a level that anybody can understand. Uh, yeah, I mean, the ABCs of Guns was a very fun book because I got bored teaching my kids, you know, A is for apple, B is for banana. Um, and not only that, as you're educating children on firearms, you know, if let's say your child finds a gun and their finger is on the trigger and you're like, hey, you know, slow down. Let's first take your finger off the trigger. Well, what's a kid going to do? They're going to. Their first reaction is to tense up. What? Wait, wait. What's a, what's a trigger? You know, and, and, yeah. and God forbid they get, you know, injured or killed. God forbid. So, um, I designed that book not only for parents to have a good time in teaching their children the ABCs in a bit different way. But also, it's important for kids to know the areas of a gun um, because the more familiar you are with any kind of tool, the the more you'll know how to use it. Right. And, you know, I think you hit on one of the big things. I think a big thing that's missing nowadays is general gun safety for the general public. I don't know. When I was growing up, like, even if you didn't have guns in the house, you were kind of taught what to do about them you know, right. around them. They were, they were everywhere. Everybody had them. And, and to the most part, I think they still are. There's just 
people don't want to believe that their next door neighbor has a gun. Yeah, and it's also we we've lost a lot of common sense in this country. So growing up, it was pretty common sense that if you saw a gun, you don't touch it. Now, now I'm not going to say obviously everyone did that, but the, we we had a lot more common sense back then. Yeah. Um so yeah, so that's why uh, and the best part of ABCs of guns is I do C's for clips and M is for magazines. So everyone can uh, get that one. Yeah, yeah, that's that was that was definitely a fun one to see and 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 get out there and 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 you can really point it out to somebody if they drive you nuts with what they say. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So outside of outside of books, obviously you're posting on Instagram all the time doing different things. You've got clothing that you're selling? Yes. So while I was in the process of writing 27 words, 27 words, which is a breakdown of the 27 words of the Second Amendment for children. While I was writing that, I was on the phone with, as I'm building my brand and my name, um, not the Pew Pew Jew, but as I'm building the Huda Reamer brand, I'm on the phone with a buddy of mine who's a uh, journalist, blogger in the firearms world, and I'm kind of picking his brain on the Second Amendment because I kind of fell into two-way advocacy. That was never really my goal, but through my books and speaking engagements, it just it happened. So I was on the phone with him, and we were talking about you know Jews and guns, and he's like, "Man, you're like you're like the pew pew Jew," <laughs> and you know the the little Jewish business mind, you know the light bulb went off and. Um, I called my illustrator. I'm like, hey, dude, listen to me. You have 24 hours. It took him 72. But I'm like, you have 24 hours. I need a logo that has a gun, the words the pew pew Jew, and a star of David wrapped in one. <laughs> and he's like, all right, man, I got you. Three, three days later, he came up with my logo that I use now. And I mean, my jaw hit the ground when, I, when he sent it to me. I'm like, that's I don't know how you did that. It's just amazing. And the Pew Pew Jew has now become my brand. People stop me in the airport. People have stopped me in restaurants. Like, oh, you're you're the Pew Pew Jew. I mean, I was in Chicago at a at a restaurant and um so it's like, oh my god, we follow you on Instagram, can we get a picture? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And, you know, it, it's amazing. But um, the Pew Pew Jew brand became a lifestyle brand. And now I sell over 70, you know, pro-gun, pro-Second Amendment T-shirts. Um, I'm very self-deprecating. So the T-shirt I'm wearing right now is a picture of a pig uh, with a cigar that says gun control is not kosher. Right. Yeah, um, I got it. So – so, you know, I, I'm very self-deprecating. I have a lot of fun with it. Um, I got hoodies. I got hats. I got mugs. And, hell, I have a shower cart, a shower curtain um, that I sell of my tactical shark, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> uh, it's a baby shark. So um, I just have a very good time with it. But but it's, it's become my persona. Uh, you know, I'm introduced to people as the pew, pew, Jew. Um, 
people, you know, reach out to me, hey, we want to have you on our show. Um, or you, you are the pew pew Jew. Like that is who I've become, and I absolutely love it. And I'm inspiring people. I'm getting, you know, messages daily from Jews around the world. Um, you know, you're you're giving us hope. You're inspiring us. So it's been a it's been a weird journey because so much has happened that. Not only did I not set out to accomplish, but different paths are opening of like, how in God's name did a little Jewish boy from L.A., you know, end up rubbing rubbing shoulders with some of the biggest firearms instructors and names in the industry? And, and also in just three years. And I've only been I've only been in the industry for three, three and a half years. So. I mean, it's been a, it's been an amazing ride, and you know, I am absolutely thankful for for everyone who purchases my merchandise and people who just follow me and support me. I mean, it, it's amazing to know that you're actually making a difference. Right. I mean, that kind of leads me into you know, it kind of answers my what what would have been in my next question is kind of like, what drives you to keep going forward? Because I know you started this not that long ago. And from everybody's account, you're one of the hardest working guys in the two-way advocacy community. And like you said, you just kind of fell into it. Yeah, I mean, you know, what gets me going? What keeps me going? I mean, obviously, it's my family, right? And I need to support a family. So any T-shirt that's bought goes to feed my children. So, you know, obviously, making a living out of doing something I enjoy is definitely a, a an inspiration for me to keep on working hard. But not only that, you know, like I said, I have, I have, I mean, I've been posting a lot about, you know, um, human trafficking, especially child abuse and sex trafficking with underage kids. And I've been posting a lot about that. And I had a woman reach out to me, uh, someone who's followed me for a while, uh, didn't really know who they were, but you know, following me and she messaged me she's like hey i just want to let you know that i'm a jew i'm not orthodox in any way but i was sexually abused as a child and to see someone like you meaning an orthodox jew speaking out against it and and bringing awareness to it she's like you are an absolute inspiration and i'm sitting here i'm like I'm the inspiration. You're the one that's coming in and telling me that you were sexually abused as a child. I'm like, you're the inspiration. She's like, no, no, no. And I'm like, I'm not going to push it, you know, but it's when you get messages like that, when you get people reaching out to you saying that, you know, you've inspired them and their parents to, to buy their first firearms and train with them and learn how to use it. When you have, you know, uh, uh, young Jews who are on college campuses, who are saying, you know, you make us, you make us unafraid to walk around on campus with our yarmulkes and, and to be proud of our Judaism. I mean, how can you not be inspired to go on and keep on doing it? Right. That's definitely, that's definitely awesome. You know, to, to see that you've developed that and you get those messages. And, you know, the one thing is like this community and and in general, I've not met one bad person out of this community, like, and everybody has outreach, but to, to see, you know, you pushing that outreach, or you're not even, like, you're very humble about it, obviously, that I, I never knew about that or anything. I, I've seen you posting those posts, and, like, 
don't really think it's a big deal seeing people post those posts because I see them all the time. But to get those messages, that's pretty awesome. I, I could definitely see that being a, a huge driving factor. Yeah, I mean, there, there's no question about it. You know, um, on certain days when you just feel like, you know, it for me, it's it, it's more of an inspiration for me than probably that person because it's one of those things that you'll have some bad, you know, really off days and, and you know, kind of get it in, in a small funk and you're like, hey, you know, am I really making a difference? Is this really what I should be doing with my life? Playing with guns and, and making a little money off of, uh, selling t-shirts. Like, and then you, then you get messages like that and you're like, my God, I'm actually doing good in this world. I'm actually inspiring people to be better people. And you can't put a price on that. Oh, I mean, that's so, definitely awesome to get that confirmation and then to be able to draw on that on those on those rough days because everybody has those days. It doesn't matter if you're right. the lowest person or the highest person, you know, in a company, everybody has bad days. Everybody has days where they just feel like they're not doing great. So exactly. you know, to, to have that confirmation is incredible. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, to lighten it up a little bit, what's next for Yehuda? Oh God! What's next for me? Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm like, I used to be a like a, an interviewer, so I could go like the. Where do you see yourself in ten years? But just what's <laughs> <laughs> what's next? I, uh-huh. You've got a lot of things going on. I mean, I see things on Instagram all the time, but what's the next big thing that we're gonna see from the Pew Pew Jew? So I did. I, I did finish my next book, and what I need to do is launch a Kickstarter campaign. Because it doesn't seem like I'm getting that many people biting at the, you know, at the whatever the phrase. Pre-order. Yeah, I'm. I'm not getting. I'm not. Well, I'm not getting a lot of people interested in sponsoring this one. Um, I mean, I think it's also because I started shot, you know, shopping it around like February time, like shot show time, and all of a sudden COVID hit and everyone went bankrupt. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, bouncing back now, and for me to get five, six grand. To sponsor the book is not going to be easy. However, so I think my next book, it's called Patriot Pride. It's about having pride in yourself, in the um, standing for the flag, military, country, you know, just being a proud American. Mm-hmm. And that's my next book. And I'm just, you know, trying to get uh, sponsorship. But again, I think I'm going to do a Kickstarter. Um, I have other big plans in the works that I can't talk about. Um, but you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you if you do decide to start that Kickstarter or whatever, you know, definitely, I'm sure you'll share it on Instagram. We'll we'll definitely share that out, post that up. Um, we have a lot of people in the community. Obviously, you know, the Tundra community is pretty much what's probably watching this in the chat. They're probably sitting here going, "Where do I sign up?" So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that 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 would probably be my first uh my my first stop is I'd call. Tyler and be like, dude, um, I need, I need technically 7,500 for my next book and get me on Kickstarter and, uh, get me on your show and let's get the ball rolling. You know, let, let, let's get Tundra Nation, get the ball rolling. So, um, I just, I don't, I've never done a Kickstarter, so I'm trying to figure out the numbers and how much it would cost versus, you know, per book, how much I the different right. levels. So, 
I have to work on that for a little, but you know, um, yeah, I, I mean, I have, I have plans, some of them slower than others, but don't we all? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I had plans to have this conversation in my new office. It's, you know, it's three weeks away from being done yet at this point, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I get, I get that you can't talk about some things. Obviously, you know, with that new book, that sounds incredible. It sounds like it is going to be a, a, a pretty good book. I'll probably be picking that up myself. Um, you. Yeah, that's, you know, I give you a lot of credit for some of the things you do, um, just because nobody else is doing it. And it seems simple, you know, writing a children's book probably isn't that hard, according to some people, but nobody's doing it. So I give you a lot of credit for that. You know, it's funny. I, I, that's a question that I'm actually asked a lot. People are like, you know, we've had ideas for books. Um, how, how do we get into it? I'm like, well, it's better to sit down and write the book. I'm like, don't worry about making it sound good. I said, me, I'm an idiot. Like, I have an amazing editor, a woman named Jackie Billings, who's uh, the editor for Guns.com. I don't know if you follow Guns.com. Mm -hmm. uh, but she's that little bubbly, cute girl. Um, she's one of my best friends and, you know, she's my editor and, um, she makes me sound a hell of a lot smarter than I actually am. <laughs> so, you know, I, I tell people just sit down and start writing. It can sound like crap. My first literally my first draft of my first book was on my iPhone on the notes app, right? You're not becoming, you're not becoming a Pulitzer Prize winner writing a, you know, a book on your notes right so um it's a question i'm asked people are like hey you know we, we have this idea for a kid's book and and we would love to write it so how do we start i'm like sit down and write it they're like well it's not that easy i'm like well no it is that easy you right. just care if it's a good idea or not sit down and write three paragraphs four paragraphs hell write one paragraph get the ball rolling if you have the ideas they'll start as you're writing They'll come to you. Just jot them down. You don't have to. You, you don't have to write it perfectly on the first uh, go. Like I said, my first book it was edited for three months, and we're talking about a freaking kids' book. Mm -hmm. No, I, they would send the edits. My buddy would send me the edits back, and I'd be like, "Oh God, that doesn't sound good." So I would change a sentence. I'm like, "I'm um, sorry, change that sentence." And he's like, "You know, I'm doing this for free, so you know, screw you." I'm like. Yeah, but you've known me for 15 years, so you're going to do it for me. He's like, yes, I know I'm going to do it for you. Um, but it's just one of those things, you know, if, if anybody out there listening, you know, if, if you have an idea to write a kid's book, um, hit me up. I mean, I, I should really do a whole Instagram live on, you know, writing a, a book in the gun community because I have people left and right asking me ideas and, you know, how, how do you get it self-published, self-publishing versus, you know, getting an agent and getting a publishing company. I mean, it's, it's fun. It, it, it's, it's a, it's a trick. <laughs> it, it, there's the ups and the lows and, and man, it's, it's a roller coaster, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I, I can imagine that with what you're doing, self-publishing is one of the few options that you have available. There's not too many publishers that are, are jumping at it. And I, I'm, I'm sure there a lot of people, a lot of yeah. pushback on it. Yeah, no, um, look, my, 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 my safety arm book and the coloring book are both through a publisher. 
Um, and I'm forever thankful to him because without him, I wouldn't be where I am today. There's no question about it. But the way he publishes it, he uses Amazon to publish the books. So moving forward, my, my next four books that I did were all self-published because at that point, I already started building a name for myself. I didn't need a publisher really to help me. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing the exact thing he's doing on Amazon, but now I'm making more money per book um, because... Right, you cut that middleman out. I cut, right, I cut the middleman out. So, you know, look, I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm making a living off my books, but in June of this year alone, I made $500 in one month um, from, from books. That's awesome. So, and that you means know, people are getting it though. And and the more people get who it. get it, the more people who get it, it's just it's just like anything else. The more people who get it, they're gonna scale it, they're gonna push it out, they're gonna tell other people and Exactly. So, you know, eventually my goal is I would love to be making two, three thousand dollars a month off off my books. Um, that would be fantastic. I'm not at that point yet. I've been working hard to get there. But, you know, it's one of those things that um you just keep plugging away and, and with no, anything, they, anything worth doing takes time, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. As as uh, uh, as my publisher told me, he goes, "You're running a uh, you're running a marathon, not a sprint." Yeah, so, that's that's a good that's a good analogy for a lot of things. Yeah, everybody everybody wants everything right away and want want it so quick, and just you got to put the time in, and yeah. that's with anything. So, you know, if you if you're gonna get it, you're gonna get it. Either the right way or the wrong way. If you don't put the time in and you get it the wrong way, it runs fast. So yeah, no, a lot of people find that out pretty pretty roughly. <laughs> Very true. So, um, I don't know. Um, what you got? Anything else you want to talk about specifically? Um, I mean, uh. I can dive into a couple questions that we had. Um, I did an Instagram kind of ask me anything sort of situation um, on on there. Um, Had a few questions. A couple people had, you know, some interesting, interesting takes of what they wanted to kind of hear uh, from you. So um, the first question that I actually have for you, um, the person didn't want their name said, so they just said uh, they, they wanted to know, being Jewish in the gun community, yeah. have you run into a lot of other people with similar beliefs to you? I'm guessing he's talking about the religion. And if so, you know, his local community, from what he says, is not very accepting of guns. How how do you go about maintaining the community relations as well as enjoying and, and enduring the second amendment, you know, within that. Okay. So in the firearms community itself, um, they have been nothing but gracious to me. Um, I have not in the three and a half years that I've been in the, in the, uh, firearms industry. Um, I have yet to be a recipient of any kind of anti-Semitism at all. Uh, it's been nothing but accolades and patting me on the back saying, Hey, you know, they're, they're excited to see an Orthodox Jew fighting for the second amendment, promoting, you know, the beauty of America and our freedoms that we all hold dear. Um, 
if his question is actually asking in my my community itself, which I'm not sure is he talking about the it, actual. It kind of sounds. It kind of sounds like he's asking like his community is very against the two A and and gun ownership and and how does I think he's kind of getting toward is there a way that you found or if if anything it's I know it's kind of hard for me to put into words have you is there anything that he can do to kind of maybe loosen it up in the community a little bit to make it a little more acceptable or does he just kind of have to go around and hide it it's kind of what it sounds like so okay so I moved to Texas six years ago and the minute I moved to Texas within two months of living here um, I had my license to carry in the last six years I have been called a gun nut, a, a crazy person. I've been told that I'm nuts, that it'll never happen. Um, now, many of those people who called me a gun nut are knocking on my door, begging me to help them buy firearms. If this person is worried about how people will perceive him in his community. I mean, it really falls on, on whoever asked the question, right? Me, when I was going through and I was being called all these things, screw it. You guys are all going to come knocking on my door one day. I knew it. I know it. It's going to happen. So you can call me whatever you want at all. Mm-hmm. You don't see the writing on the wall. You refuse to see it. Because you want to live in your little Jewish bubble. That's fine. But now, after in, you know being called all these names, I'm just like, you don't have to like me. You can call me whatever you want. You don't have to be my friend. Like, I'm okay with that. Like, really, I'm okay with that. I, I'm, not, I'm not here to, to be, you know, Mr. Popularity. I'm here to live my life with my family and to ensure that we have the right to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, nothing more. So it really depends on each person. If this person is worried about being a pariah in the community, if he's worried about, you know, does he need to hide his love for the Second Amendment? This is America. You don't hide that. Never hide how proud you are to appreciate the God-given right of self-defense that we have in this country. Don't don't be ashamed for even if you're even if you if even if you're left leaning. I mean, I don't care. Be, be proud of what you believe in. You know, who cares? Don't let what don't let what other people think of you. Uh, you know, dictate your life. I, mean, I, think, that's that. a, I think that's Do definitely that. a good piece of advice there. Yeah, I mean, if if I let people if I let people get to me calling me all these names, thinking I'm crazy, writing a children's book on gun safety? What in God's name? Like, who in the right mind would even think of that? I mean, I can't even tell you how many times by family members, by other people who were like, you're crazy, you shouldn't do it. Why are you doing this? I'm like, you guys just don't see what I see. Because so, kids come in contact with guns and this teaches them. That's right. why. Right. But what, I, what, I, what I'm saying is that, you know, don't let other people's negativity or 
or irrational fear or even just plain dislike of something dictate your life. If you like it, screw them. It's literally that simple in my mind. So hopefully that answers this question. You know, yeah. there's no there's no real way if, if people don't want to be gun people, you're not going to change their mind. I mean, look, you can offer them, hey, look, I know you don't like them so much. Let me take you to the range. Let's see. You don't have to like it, but see what see why I like it. You never know. You might you might convert a few, but don't go out of your way to just try to converting people to you know being pro two A. Um, like I said, I've probably helped fifteen people in the last two months get guns in my community. People who who ripped me and made fun of me. Yeah, that that's now now more than ever. I think people are starting to see that light, and and I think it's definitely becoming a little easier in certain aspects because everybody's seeing it now. <laughs> it's right out our front doors. You know, it doesn't matter where you are; it's it's right there. Yeah, I mean, look, I I have two people in my community who both um who both are looking for Glocks, and you know, Glocks are nearly impossible to find. Mm-hmm. But me and my partner, who who, who he's at FFL, like we're actually getting two Glock forty fives in next week. Um, so you know those are like friggin' their weight in gold, and I already have them allocated to two people in my community who are who've been begging me. Right. So it's just one of the things, you know. People will eventually come around, but as my buddy the Broken Asian Tofu says, you 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 do you, boo boo. So yeah, that's that's Tofu, all right. He was actually our first guest on this show, so we got to have him back. He, he was he was the ultimate guinea pig on this. So, <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I, I love it. you. You, when you have him back, have give me a call. I'll come back with him. Well, it'll it'll be a hell of a show. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, we love Tufu around here. He's he's our little bunny. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, um, as far as other questions, the other ones were kind of more. You can answer them if you want to. They're just more or less, I think, being cocky. So, one person wants to know, what's the deal with kosher? <laughs> I mean, kosher is a ancient ritual that the way the the animal is slaughtered and prepared for eating. Um, I cannot. A deer, for example, is kosher. I cannot eat a deer if it's killed by a rifle or a bow or anything like that. It has to be slaughtered according to Jewish tradition and Jewish law. Um, animals, animals that have split hooves as well as choose its cud, which for those that don't know what that is, it means it chews its food swallows it, regurgitates it, chews it more to get it even finer, and then swallows it in. That's called chewing your cud. So any animal that chews its cud and has split hooves is considered kosher. Uh, For fish, anything that has fins and scales is kosher. So, for example, like um, a catfish, right? Not kosher. Dolphin, not kosher. Uh, any kind of fish again that doesn't have scale. Most most fish have fins, um, but not necessarily scale. So, uh, and then chicken, or and then anything that's chicken, turkey, nothing that's an actual bird of prey. 
um, is kosher. So chicken, turkey, duck is kosher. Um, Hawk, owl, eagle, stuff like that's not kosher. Right. I think, I yes, those are not kosher. Yeah. Anything that would be considered a falcon. Right, exactly. So, I mean, obviously, the, the laws of kosher go a lot deeper than what I just said. But right. we won't get into it. But, yeah, so what's the deal with kosher? It's just something written in the Old Testament, and, and Jews follow the Old Testament. So we follow it. I mean, it's literally that simple. All right. Uh, and then the only other question that I had uh, from Instagram was, what is the deal with the the logo on the yarmulke? Is that acceptable? Because a lot of people say, according to this person, a lot of people say that anything that's promoting that is is different or bad. Like Apart, my, according to this person, like yeah. So you've got the the logo on the yarmulke. My my pew pew ju yarmulke. Yeah. Oh, um, I've, I have never heard that in my life before. I didn't either. So it's yeah, not like... so, I, I mean, I, I don't know where this person got that from. I'm not saying he's wrong. Um, I have some of my rabbis who asked me for some of these yarmulkes. Um, yeah, I mean, you go to nearly any yarmulke site and you'll find some sort of images on yarmulkes. Now, normally I wear an all-black one. Uh, I don't even know where it is. Oh, it's behind me on my desk. Um, I normally wear an all-black one, but, you know, brand awareness, right, when I I do right. podcasts. Brand recognition. Yeah. Stuff like that, brand recognition. I'll, you know, these are – I have this one, and I also have it in the – like that winter camo, that black, white, and gray. So when I go on the podcast, I'll wear it because they're that, the markup on these are amazing, and I make a lot of money. So if someone buys it, it's great money for me. Um, but in terms of logos or, I mean, I have never heard that you can't have any kind of imagery or logo. I'm just wondering if maybe he's talking about, you know, at the synagogue or at the, maybe um, it doesn't matter. I I don't, I don't know personally at all. So I'm like, I've never heard that. Look, most, a majority of Jews that I know tend to wear either a, like a plain black or a navy blue or more, it's more of the kids have images on them. Um, but there's no, there's no law at least not that I'm aware of. Um, and my rabbis have never said, Hey, you know, you really shouldn't be selling those. Um, I, I have not heard or seen anything that would say that you can't put any kind of imagery on a yarmulke. So, well, John, I'm not going to say you're wrong, but hey. <laughs> oh, it, 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 t- tell him to reach out to me at the Pew Pew Jew. Tell him to reach out to me where he heard that. I'll look into it, you know, but I, I've never heard it. And like I said, you go to nearly any Judaic store that sells yarmulkes, whether it's online or in person, there's tons of them that have, you know, you'll have Mount Sinai or the two tablets, you know painted on and i mean that they've been doing it for years i mean right. i remember when i when i was five i had one like that so yeah all right well like i said i that to me i don't have any clue i have no input on it um i i'm raised catholic so it's all you know basically <laughs> what people tell me so <laughs> i take it for what it is um i don't know we've been going for a little while here i don't really have a whole lot else for you right now 
Um, definitely if we have Tufu back on, which most likely we will, because we, like I said, we love Tufu. And if you want to be on with him, I'm sure he's not oh. going to complain about that at all. Oh, you will, you will see some serious banter. It'll be fun. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, I'll, I'll let you get to bed or wherever you're headed for the evening. I know you're in Texas, so you're pretty much same time zone, I think, as me, your central time, central standard. Yeah. yeah. So, um, 9-18, Wednesday night. We'll, again, like I said, premiering this on Friday night. Um, everybody in the comments or the chit-chat down below, whatever, just let me know if you like this format. Um, I have other guests that, you know, maybe the Friday night time slot doesn't work and we may be doing this in the future. Um, heads up to next week, we will not be doing a live show as well. Uh, I'm going to be releasing a... 9-11 tribute video it's 19 years after i'm not going to be around i'm going to be going possibly to a tribute if it's still being held with covid i god i hope it is um <laughs> but um so we'll be back the week after that we actually have coach tuck from show and tuck on so um he'll be our next guest in two weeks on friday we'll be doing that one live and then after that, uh, if you want to know who we got coming up, just check out openmic.boogbrand.com. And I've got new blog posts up there every week where we discuss who's coming up, who's scheduled, and how that's going. Um, Yehuda, you got any stores you want to plug? We got the pewpewju.com. If you want to buy his books, I know they're available on Amazon. They're available... Uh, obviously through your website. I think you can even get them autographed through your website. Or... Yeah, uh, on my website on the pewpewju.com, if you think my Herbie Hancock is worth all of 10 bucks, um, you can get signed copies of my books on my website. Otherwise, Excellent. you can go to Amazon. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the pewpewju. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm floating around the interweb. Uh, yeah, so to see we, people we'll, let's let's try to let's try to post them all up. So you got the pew pew at the pew pew Jew. You got at, at the pew pew Jew backup, right? Right. Yes, I do have a at the pew pew Jew backup. Just in case you get a little spicy. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, I'm waiting for it one day. Uh. You know, to get booted off. But I'm on Instagram. I have two accounts: the pew pew Jew and the pew pew Jew backup. It's kind of my Alamo account. Um. If you're going to follow me, go to the main account. I mean, if you go to both accounts, I'd appreciate it. But my main focus is, you know, with my main account. Um, I, I definitely have some fun with that. I do a lot of Instagram lives, uh, a lot of giveaways with um, – I keep giving these away. Uh, where is it? Right there. It's Moses. It says two A's a God-given right with a rifle. So I've been giving those stickers away left and right. Um so yeah, definitely you know hit me up there Twitter um, at the Pew Pew Jew. I am on Facebook. I have two Facebook accounts, a private one and a public one. If you know me, definitely friend me on the private one. If you don't know me, I will not accept it. So not to be a jerk or whatever, but private's private. It's for my family and close yeah. friends. So. That's uh, the only reason I have Facebook is for family, so that's the same same here. So I, I fully respect that. Um, I think after that, uh, you know, we'll kind of leave it there. Um, cool. 
you know, like I said, definitely check him out, pewpewjew.com, get some merch, get that snazzy shirt he's got on right now, the gun control is not kosher. Um, that's one of my favorite shirts um, that you've got. And, uh, you know, if you like what we do here on the stream, I'm uh, never going to take anything, never going to monetize. And if you want to support what we do, just head over to boogbrand.com, buy something cool. You know, that's all I say for that. So, everybody, I want you all to have a great Friday evening. Um, even though we're doing this on Wednesday, Yehuda, you have a great Friday evening as well. Uh, <laughs> I'll definitely, you know, look you up in the future as we as we grow. We do do this a little bit more. And, you know, maybe, like you said, we'll get you on when uh, we have Tufu back on again. If not, even just as a surprise to, to shake him up a little bit because sometimes he needs it. Oh, it, it, it'll be fun. It, it'll definitely be fun. All right. And thank you, sir. I appreciate your time from coming on. Um, I know time is valuable. Time is money. And, you know, I appreciate you giving me just a little bit of yours. So Yeah, uh, my, my absolute pleasure. Anytime. All right, sir. With that, I will say good night.